Welcome to the Small Town Wealth Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the pilot episode of the Small Town Wealth Podcast. I am David Scarlatescu. I know that's a mouthful, so I'll probably refer to myself as Tescu from now on. <laughs> and I'm Shelby Bouchard. And uh, this is our podcast that we've started. This will be considered our pilot episode. Um, we didn't want to bring any guests on for the time being. We, we kind of want to, the public to understand who Shelby is, who David is. From there, we can work, work into guests. That's kind of how we want this podcast to be, is very guest-centered and taking the experiences out of these guests. So before we do that, this is our pilot episode. You should be referring anybody that might be new to this podcast, you should be referring them to the pilot episode first. They can get a feel for who we are. We are two young guys. We understand that we don't really have the right to be giving people all kinds of all-encompassing advice. However, this is our experience. This is our life. And we want to document it with you guys. We want to make sure that this is fun, inclusive. Um, this is going to be uncensored. It's unfiltered. It's straight from our minds. Uh, we're just getting comfortable with this, and we are we are very happy to welcome you to this experience. So we're going to start a little bit with who we are. So let's start with David. David, who are you? And give the public sort of a good knowledge of, of kind of who is David. All right. Well, um, for those of you that don't know, I am 19 years old, even though I look like I'm 16. Um, I promise you I'm 19. So... Yeah, I'm starting out from a young age, I guess. I was always very entrepreneurial, um, very salesy, uh, really loved to talk to people, get to know people. Uh, but more than that, just I love the feeling of providing value to somebody else and either completing a transaction or, or whatever that is. Having a successful uh, interaction with a person was one of my favorite things from a young age. So I've done, I did a lot of, you know, little things uh, from a young age, selling bubble gum and stuff like that by the piece <laughs> like little uh for example a five gum uh the, those had like weird flavors like green apple or watermelon so anytime i went to the states those were exclusive flavors i'd bring them back up to canada <laughs> sell them for 25 cents a piece to my, all my friends at uh, elementary school so that was a that was a cool little venture and then um for those that don't know i dropped out of high school in grade eight uh now i'll probably elaborate more a little bit on that aspect a little bit later on but the main reason I dropped out was not because uh, I wasn't able to keep up with it I was actually uh, which kind of makes my story a little bit of a black sheep because I'm not an entrepreneur that didn't do well in school I'm actually one that was a straight-a student uh, and I do kind of peg that down to actually uh, genetics and what I inherited from my parents which was a good memory so I think my good memory was reward in school, but I found myself really, really bored. So for me personally, uh, it seemed that it would be a good call uh, in the long term to drop out of high school and pursue my own things that I was interested in. Um, so yeah, long story short, I mean, from there, right after dropping out, I started my first business as a dog psychology trainer, really passionate about, and it started by accident, actually. So basically, I, I, was, a, uh, I was trying to figure out how to train my dogs who were not misbehaving a little bit. So I got passionate with stuff that Caesar Milan would do. And basically, I started studying and researching everything that he ever put out, and I applied it to my dogs. And it worked really well to the point where I was able to walk them off leash 
in the neighborhood, busy streets uh, up on Middleton Mountain, for those of you who know where that is. But yeah, I was able to walk them off leash and I was known as the the boy that walked the off leash schnauzers. So little 14 <laughs> year old David walking his off leash schnauzers, two of them. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And then when I thought, all right, if it worked for my dogs, maybe it'll work for other people. So I started a business and that's where my, I got my first little grip into uh, dealing with customers, uh, dealing with marketing, had to make my own posters, had to make my own business cards, develop relationships with the pet stores so that they could refer clients to me. And yeah, I built a fairly successful business there with even a 100% success rate. And I did get a nice write-up. One of my clients worked at the Morningstar and did a nice write-up. So yeah, I mean, basically moving forward from there, now I've got, um, we're about five years later now, and now I own uh, The Sprouted Fig, which is a restaurant in town. And Very cool story behind that, actually. So Yeah, yeah. So I'll uh, probably eventually talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, I... I bought the restaurant earlier this year, about three, three and a half months ago now, August 2017. And I bought it. It was one of the legacies that I want to leave for, for my mom. So I bought it for her and we're now running the business together and it's, it's phenomenal. And I'd love to share the process of that on this podcast because I'm learning so much every day. So yeah, that's a little bit about my story. Like I said, I'm sure you'll hear more, more things about the little finite details uh, about myself, but Shelby, tell us a little bit about yourself for those of you that for those that don't know. And yeah, start at the beginning. Cool, man. Um, I am a born and raised Vernon resident. Um, I grew up between Vernon and Lavington, which is a small community just outside of Vernon. Uh, grew up on a farm from about grade seven. I was running teams by the time I was about grade nine. So I have very early experience in leadership that kind of carried me along to to now and to, to, to what I stand for now. Um, I like to bring leadership aspects to every single part of my business, whether it's leading others or it's just leading myself. I'm in a, a team, I, I'm a realtor, I'm with Remax Vernon, I'm in a team called Chris Holman Associates. My team leader, Chris, has been an excellent mentor for me and to see him lead a real estate team, it, it really motivates me to keep my leadership aspects up because now I went from farming and I went from being the leader to oh shoot, I am on the bottom of the totem pole now. So now I get to kind of learn in reverse and I get to kind of be, you know, the student, the sponge and just really understand how this whole business works. Um, I've recently come to the conclusion that I want to change this business. Um, I feel like we are coming out of the salesman aspect of the real estate business and I feel like we're moving towards genuine care and consultancy. I think we're not really selling homes anymore. We're simply helping people. And you know, yeah, that includes the sale of product and, and we are brokering the sale of that product. However, I don't believe that salesmanship has um, nearly as much of a place in, in this type of an industry as it used to. And I wanna be part of that change because I don't feel like my success should be determined or, or it, it just, it should not come back to how many sales I made. It, it's not important. Um, that's all for vanity. Uh, you, you will never see me if I get an award within the Remax organization. You will never see that up in my office. I don't care. I'd rather I'd rather figure out how many people I helped and what is the better way for me to help someone today, uh, help someone tomorrow, help someone in ten years. How do I tap into technology? Tap into social media? How do I figure out the best ways? to help my clients and to make sure that they feel special. That's the most important thing. Um, if I'm gonna be the middleman between a client and a home, 
Um, I need to be as good of a middleman as I can so that they get to their goals faster. They get to their goals without it being so difficult and stressful because real estate does not need to be so stressful. Um, So I'm coming in trying to change this business. Um, On the outside end, I am also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. I've done plenty of competitions. I teach twice a week. Um, So that's something about me that... Um, still a lot of people in even my industry don't know I'm I've been a martial artist since about I've been a martial artist since about say 2009 and it just changed my life it changed my perspective on life it changed the way that I view problems um, seeing them from the outside in how do I figure this out how do I um, for lack of a better terms, how do I reverse engineer this problem to make sure that I can conquer it as quickly as possible, but also efficiently as possible. Absolutely. So I love teaching. It's something that I've always wanted to do. One of my long-term goals is to own my own gym. Um, whether that means being the full-time instructor, I'm not quite sure, but um, I love the sport. I'm a purple belt under Dave, Dave Rothwell at Pacific Top Team. Um, yeah, and I'm just really pumped for this podcast. I think we have something very cool here and I don't I don't think it's because, you know, I'm cool and David's cool although I But we know, are. But we, we are. We are. <laughs> uh, I, I really have enjoyed David's company and the bond that we've shared. Um, this has yep. been this has been a few for us a few years in the making, but it's really come to a full culmination in the past couple of months here and and we're we're really excited to share it with you. So, um yeah, I think I think from this we should probably segue into how we met. Definitely, I think it's kind of a kind of an interesting story. So yeah, why don't why don't you start us off, man? Yeah, I'll definitely start us off. Before we do, I just want to mention that yeah, I'm I'm also super pumped about what we got going here. It'll be great to uh, um, to document our journey, basically, like you said, and and really share that with guests and kind of expose uh, what small town wealth is in the fact that it's exposing the wealth that smaller towns actually have to offer. Um, the hidden wealth. So yeah, basically how Shelby and I met was, uh, was a really interesting story. So it's about two years ago, I was working at Nature's Fair uh, Markets. It's a health food store for those of you that don't know in uh, British Columbia, they've got about eight locations now, but I was working in the, uh, in the deli there uh, in their bistro section. And I was just having like a very, very super busy day. And uh, at one point a gentleman walked up and he just said, look, I, I never do this, uh, never, ever do this. Like, I, I feel really bad for saying this, but I had to because I just really had a poor experience just now. He's like, this bread on this sandwich was just <laughs> stale, so hard and stale. And I kind of laughed a little bit and I was like, oh, wow. But I was thinking deep down, I was like, oh, okay, I, f- I actually feel bad because I, I know what that can be like. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't the one that made them, but I know that the bread comes from the fridge and sometimes it's a little harder when we package it. So I was a regular too at that yeah. point. So I, you know, it's right, not like I was work. like, you know, just this this guy that comes in. It's yeah. like, oh, screw this place. You know, I had a bad couple pieces of bread, so that's gonna like deter my experience. Now I've continued to be a, yeah, a regular, but you know, I, I thought I think people should know. You know, I, don't go to your friends and say, oh, I went to this restaurant. It was crap. Like this was it was awful. The bread was stale because that wasn't a reflection of what no, the restaurant was about. And I knew not. that that's why I went to David. He seemed like a nice gentleman at the time. And yeah, so, I'd seen, uh, I'd seen you a few times in there too. And that's the thing where I was just like, okay, you know, he's a, he's a regular customer. This guy is, this guy's a valuable customer and he's got some sort of context on what the sandwiches should taste like and what they should be like. So I took his, uh, his concern fairly seriously at that point. And 
you know, I felt bad and I was like, okay, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to look into it a little bit more. So ended up checking a few of the sandwiches and yeah, they were, they were quite a bit stale. So we marked them down um, and made sure that we let a few of the next people know, but I still didn't feel like that was enough. Again, something inside me was like itching. I needed to provide more and more value. So um, the other thing I did was uh, right before he left, I wanted to keep a customer. So I grabbed one of our smoothie cards and I made sure that I uh, punched a few of those to get him started to get him closer to a punched every single <laughs> little hole in there so that I just got a free smoothie. I was get, like, sweet. Get him, get him started. You know, I, I, I free wasn't smoothie. expecting that. I wasn't. Um, I didn't go into that whole uh, interaction with the expectation of getting something, which that a lot of people really, do. Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate. I spent plenty of time in restaurants myself, um, various restaurants in different positions, bartending, serving, uh, the kitchen. And that's a commonplace thing. You know, yeah. people eat. The majority of their meal and be like oh i don't like this and then you're like well <laughs> now i have to discount it just to make them feel good <laughs> and, for free, and yeah. avoid the bad yelp review um no but david demonstrated that he not only cared about what i was saying but he also wanted to do something about it he wanted to provide me value in return uh, for the lost value on his end and it wasn't necessarily his fault it was a it was a systemic thing it was you know it was just one of those things but instead of blaming um, me or blaming the restaurant or blaming things outside of his control. He took control of the situation and I always respected that. So me and him have always kind of known each other. We were dabbling a little bit on social media when David started, you know, became the owner of the spread of fig. Yep. When you, when you started that business, I, you were always on my radar before that. And I was like, okay, he's in it. He's yeah. in it. I was like, this is perfect for him. And I knew that from that one interaction, that, that one interaction. So, Eventually, from this, David approached me. We had been, I think, liking each other's wait, posts, wait, wait, wait. commenting. Let's, let's fast track back a little bit more okay, to when okay. I took over the Sprouted Fig and Shelby oh, yeah. was the one hounding me, <laughs> absolutely hounding me on every post I had about plant-based options. He wanted to see plant-based options. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna stick it to this guy. I'm going to get something that's not just, increase your not, just pla- not just plant-based, but we're going to make it delicious. Yeah. So uh, we came out with a hummus that we were going to put on the sandwiches uh, to make the sandwiches plant-based or vegan, mm-hmm. uh, you could say as well. But yeah, and it was actually funny because of all people, Shelby was super stoked when I posted that and he was in that day. Uh, to pick up his sandwich and man he heated what I said why wouldn't I right yeah exactly so then basically what happened was he called in an order for a vegan sandwich and my mom actually took the order and wrote down vegetarian by accident instead of vegan so when he gets it in the bag and he come he comes like oh yeah my vegan sandwich and she's like oh vegan you oh I wrote down vegetarian they made vegetarian <laughs> and I'm hearing this story because I wasn't there I was uh, I think I had a few meetings that day but I'm hearing this story later on and I'm thinking oh my goodness of all people for that to happen again too it had to happen to Shelby yeah. <laughs> and it was no big deal she felt so bad and David was like oh man why did we do this again like of all people like, it's, it's minor uh, it was because she would I think your mom had said she was used to taking down the vegetarian so yeah. when she heard the word vegan is probably derived from that vegetarian yep. to most minds, right? So she just put vegetarian. I don't care. Like she's like, oh, I'll make you a new sandwich. It's like cool. That's that's all and, I care and about. He, but he it got was kind of funny the yeah. way that that. No, it, that it was it was hilarious to see that. That's how the first time we met was at Nature's Fair with something like that, and then we hadn't spoken very much. I hadn't seen him for a while, and then the the next time that we see each other or talk to each other or interact in any way. It's again that sandwich thing. So, yeah, that was pretty um, funny, man. But yeah, like yeah. Then we'll move forward, I guess. So from there, uh, Shelby 
Um, Chubby came back into the store. I got to talking with him a little bit more. I realized, you know, I got a good grip of people uh, after I meet them. I get, I, I like to go off my intuition with people that I meet and totally. seemed like you seemed like a guy that I wanted to get to know a little bit better. So, um, I'd had this thought for a podcast for, for a while, for a few months. I was just looking for the right person uh, to. to do it with. Yeah. And Chris, Chris had it as well. Yeah. Like we, we would talk about it in the office, maybe a real estate podcast or something. It's just the podcast space is so interesting these it days. It's, it's a white it's, space. It, it is, is. It's huge. And so. the, with the voice platform evolving. So it was it seemed like a cool thing to do and I, I knew what I kind of wanted to do. I didn't want to do it necessarily specific to sprouted fig healthy food. I wanted to do it more generic, uh, kind of something that encompasses everything, uh, but really exposes, you know, business people, uh, you know, plant-based, plant-based people like on different diets, healthy eating, everything. Right. So that's where the idea of this came. And we actually met, uh, we met for the first time a few days uh, after the vegan sandwich fiasco. Yeah, over some noodles. Some went noodles. to a restaurant and and yeah, David just planted it on me. He's like, he pro I think he probably gave me this proposal within 20 minutes. It was just, <laughs> yeah. He went straight to the point, straight in for the kill and was just like, I think this is a white space. You're the person I want to do this with. Let's do it. Yep. So I guess, you know, not only from our interactions together, we obviously had a, a very initial and and strong sense of of camaraderie there like there was there was a sense of mutual respect there and so he knew right away that i was the person that might be able to take this on and so he's like do you want to start a podcast yeah uh, uh <laughs> yeah let's do it yeah. yeah don't so i think i think i might have asked you like okay what are you thinking i think i gave you like just a couple minutes just from your to perspective yeah, i wasn't testing you no. it was just like i just want to know one that you're serious yep. and two that that you have a, a grand idea for this because i also had a grand idea for this probably in a much different aspect yep. and so once you told me i was like you know what no the time for hesitation is over yep. um let's do this what, what what's holding us back let's let's just do it um a lot more work than we anticipated oh, absolutely um, we've been <laughs> grinding on this for for quite a few hours over quite a few meetings over quite a few coffees um Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So, we started this podcast because we we saw a need to really bring small towns on the map. Put them on. The put map. them on the map, but really highlight those important aspects that people seem to forget. And something that really struck with us, or really really stayed with us, is that feeling of when. For me, it was when I came out of high school. I needed to leave. Yeah. Um, I you know, a typical teenager, don't have the best relationship with your parents. So you're just like, you know, that angry, annoyed teenager, like, I got to get out of here. I got to go to the big city and, and deal with. So, you know, from there, it's kind of like all oh, those people that stayed in Vernon. It's just like, but I was part of the problem that I am trying to mitigate now yeah. um, is that in order for us to build a big culture, a good, wholesome culture, I need to be part of it. Absolutely. I can't be a part of a, a larger culture if I just all of a sudden go off to Vancouver and now all my good ideas and all of my culture building aspects that I might hold inside of me are now going towards a culture that I didn't even grow up in. Yeah. So that was really big for me and David really resonated with that as well. I think you right away you were just like, yeah, like you you understood it. I remember we went we uh, had an interview with Bryden and Bryden said the same thing. Uh, 
Bryden's, Bryden's one of our, our uh, video producers. Video and, producers. Yeah. And he just was just like, this. that's totally it. That's that's 100% how I feel too. Um, we see a lot of people that like need to get out and we want to provide a platform now and we want to build this culture long term that you don't need to leave. You don't be part of a bigger vision for us. If we want investment to come to our small town, we're not a small town, we're a small city. We're 50,000 yep. people, et cetera, et cetera. Growing. We're growing and there's a huge potential here we know the amount of money that's coming into this city is is huge yep. um slowly but surely but we want to be part of this and so we started this podcast as an experiment in in who we are and the types of people that have stayed here and we will have guests from from other areas but i think i speak for the both of us that we want to really center this on what Vernon has to offer, um, but not only what Vernon has to offer, because we don't want our audience to just be Vernon. We want it yep. to be anyone from a city that is not Vancouver, that is not Calgary, that is not Seattle, that's not Edmonton. And that... even the people in those cities as well. Exactly. exactly. Maybe exactly. thinking about making the move to a smaller life or a smaller town and stuff like that and understand that there's still so much opportunity. And there's even, if you are part of the mindset of you want to be part of creation, Instead, there's so much room for creation. The amount of pure creation that's available in small towns is phenomenal. Can't afford the real estate? Come to Vernon. Yeah, there you go. The there's real another... estate here is still pretty expensive, yeah, it's uh, getting, mind it's you. Getting up there. <laughs> it's getting up there, but a little less in Vancouver. So, yeah. So our podcast is called Small Town Wealth. This is the name that we have have decided upon, and. It was really one of those things that I think we brainstormed probably, what was it, like 10 ideas? Yeah. We, we had probably 10. We were going some... at it for about a week where we were like, we, we basically we just threw out threw in 10 titles yeah. in like the span of like five minutes. We had them written down and we were just going to sit with it. And we thought of so many different variations of it, the small town wealth, because we like that kind of model. Um, but it's just nothing seemed to click the same way. Yeah. And yeah. we feel it's the perfect way to describe what we're doing. And we want to make it very clear that uh, one of the things that I should say is that the wealth aspect was the part that we had the biggest trouble with. Because when you hear small town wealth, what I might think of, if you know, we were trying to think about this in reverse, like, okay, if I hear about a podcast called Small Town Wealth, what do I think that's going to entail? Well, for me, as soon as I hear wealth, I think about dollar signs. And so we didn't want the general consensus to be okay these are just a couple of couple of business owners from from a small town that are trying to get wealthy that's that's not what it's about wealth is of the mind cash. yeah exactly yeah. wealth is of the mind body and spirit and it's we all want encompassing it's all encompassing and it's really up to you how you do that and i think we need to bring out the individual values of other people to make sure that we get as large of a perspective as we can so that you can choose for yourself um my way of of determining success is going to be different than David's and it is different from David's and we've discussed this we have um, we have different personalities we have different things that make us click um, but we share in certain values and that's how we want this to really go and Absolutely. and I'm, I'm pumped I just I can't be more excited to get this started we're gonna start you know get getting all these guests on here and it's going to be fantastic we've already got a bunch of people lined up for you guys and it's it's going to be fantastic yep. so should be should be absolutely phenomenal now before we get into basically the next step we want to do is just ask each other a few uh quick fire questions really throw some interesting content maybe you guys can get some context on on us uh about each other so exactly. before we jump into that i really want to go back to what you were saying uh about how much work it actually took to put 
this into effect because it was yeah. interesting after the first meeting we were like okay let's start a podcast and then we we're kind of going to regroup after a week or so and when we actually started researching because it was it was a matter of okay we've got a concept we want to do it but we have no idea how to do it yeah <laughs> now the beauty we of the internet is going to be a lot of yeah. work it we, just, we didn't know what that work entailed how like yeah. where do we go for this work <laughs> yeah well to be honest i knew it was going to be work i didn't know it was going to be that much work honestly totally. it was still ended up being a lot more than i anticipated and so there's What's really great and I want to emphasize is if you guys don't know anything, don't get overwhelmed. Honestly, just jump on the internet and you'll find so much stuff. I mean, yeah. what I spent like 10 or 20 hours one weekend, uh, just like, you know, closer into the evening when I had some free time and just research and research and research yeah. and YouTube, all yeah. that fun stuff. The, the way Google, you got to sift through some of the, yeah, you do, crap, absolutely. but I mean, you'll find it. Maybe throw your email down on a few things, but yeah, yeah. A little newsletters coming to my inbox. Yeah. That's but okay. no, Whatever. definitely. So it's, it's really cool. And I mean, we're happy to, to share it. If any of you guys have, uh, that are listening, want to start and don't know where to, you can definitely ask us, um, basically any time and we can we can definitely help out with the process of getting going it's getting easier and easier to start uh, now that more people are jumping into the field so without further ado let's jump into a let's few questions jump into the questions you want to go first or you, you want to go back and forth or do you want to go all three and then let's just do all three, all three. might as well just you know straight fire come right. come from it that angle um so i'll ask you i'll ask you first sounds good and get it out of the way um, so the first question I have for David, these are all separate questions. So each of our questions are going to be different. Um, I want I want you to be honest. I want the audience Always. to know exactly who you are, and, yep. and same with vice versa. They're going to know who I am. So my first question for you, man, is uh, uh, you're a registered holistic nutritionist. Right. What made you venture into this field, and how does it affect your business moving forward as the owner of the Sprouted Fig? Where do you want to see that that piece of your life? fit into the larger puzzle of your business okay so as a registered holistic nutritionist basically um, what brought me into that field is my mom has a background of 10 years in the holistic health field um, so I grew up with you know very holistic eating and uh, you know holistic practices massages biofeedback um, really really newer uh, more eastern medicine way of thinking uh, rather than the western medicine system but yeah, so I grew up in that environment, so I kind of wanted to follow in her footsteps. I was also really passionate uh, growing up and through things that I was studying about uh, food and how it affects the human body. So it seemed like a perfect thing to try out, and it ended up being pretty cool. It's actually funny how I got into the school because uh, they only admitted 19 and older as adult students. If you were younger than that, you needed to show a high school diploma, which, as you guys know, I don't have. <laughs> um, so I had to meet with the branch manager who ended up liking me. Uh, quite a bit, which was great. Uh, so I had an interview with her. I was only 17 at the time and she went to bat for me at head office and they were, admitted me as the, the youngest student, the youngest adult student uh, in Canadian School of Natural Nutrition history um, to date. I don't know, somebody might have beat me now, but <laughs> um, usually is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no. So ha basically it was a very, very interesting program. I wanted to complete it. Um, and uh, while I'm not practicing as a holistic nutritionist, it's really helping me uh, with my new business in the way that I can really use the theories that I learned, the, the things that I learned into using healthier ingredients, local ingredients, uh, how to properly combine the ingredients, because I really want to nourish my customers and not just feed them. So that's where it kind of comes to play. And my mom having the same background as well, we really put an emphasis on that. Uh, into the new business so 
yeah, really, really excited. And, you know, holistic nutrition is a field that's always expanding. So I'm constantly learning. That's cool, man. That sounds, uh, that sounds very interesting. Um, I really, always really respect that actually that you had the holistic nutrition side of it. I think for the business that you're in, that'll come, come in extremely handy yep. for you to have that background knowledge. Cause you're not just selling organic food. You're not just selling healthy food. Um, you know, the background of why you know the context of why. So that's that's really cool. Um, Second question here. Uh, You didn't have a conventional education, which is something you've already delved into. Um, You know, the high school dropout turned entrepreneur. Um, (laughs) For someone that is in traditional education, whether it be someone that is frustrated in traditional education or someone that is very content and does well and you know, if they're a first-year student, they're like, no, I, I'm perfectly content going to get my business degree. I know what my path is. Or, for example, someone that's going into to being a doctor, they know the path. You can't really be uh, a doctor without the certification sure. to do so, right? But what would you tell someone in that traditional education system that might give them a hand um, just from your experience of, of really not having that background, uh, of coming into the entrepreneurial space? What advice would you give those people in that traditional framework? I think it really comes down to uh, two specifically different scenarios in that. So you got to figure out for starters, uh, which which scenario you're in. Um, and before you even do that, you need to figure out uh, who you are as a person. Are you are you self aware enough to realize that? Are you an entrepreneur? Or should you maybe go the school route? I'm a firm believer that people should try. And they definitely should go after the opportunity to do something that they want to do but for me like it it breaks down into two scenarios for me I was in scenario number one where I was extremely fortunate to have a mom that was so supportive of me dropping out of high school and really could see the the fire and the talent in me to be able to go where I am today basically um supported your potential absolutely she did uh she supported anything that I ever wanted to do so that was phenomenal whereas uh you know my dad was a little bit more dodgy about the whole uh, school situation in the beginning. It was it was a little bit more difficult for him to uh, uh, to see the outlet, which I'm totally empathetic about because you know I grew up the family of immigrants, and um, basically they moved from Romania, and school's the way out for immigrants. It really is. You go to school, you get that job, and you make it in the new country. It's just how it is. So, what's uh. What's interesting about that is, like I said, I was able to be in scenario one and scenario two. I had one parent that was a little bit more adverse to it, and I had another parent that was extremely supportive. So figure out, are your parents, do you have that expectation from your parents to go to school? So now whether this is high school or post-secondary, do you have those parents that expect you to go to post-secondary? Are you going for them or are you going for you? If you're going for you, then go for you. Uh, make sure that you're going for you because there is still value in the educational system. There's nothing, you know, there's a few things that I don't agree with uh, about it. It is failing entrepreneurs. It, it failed me. I feel that school failed me. I didn't fail school. Um, but yeah, I mean, if your parents expect that of you, then you need to ask yourself the question of, okay, am I doing this just for my parents? Because if you are, then you need to look 30 years from now and see, are you going to resent your parents because you feel that they forced you to do it? Right, right. And try and see a little bit more long term. Exactly. You have to because if and but if you can comprehend the fact that, okay, I'm going to go and do this for my parents, get the degree, finish it, have it. And then simultaneously or when I'm done, go rogue and do my own thing for one, two, three, four, five years 
and have the difficult conversation with your parents up front that you can always go back and get that job. I mean, I had lots of conversations with my dad about, look, dad, I can always go back and get my high school diploma. You write a few exams with my memory, it's fine. Like I'll, I'll memorize all that stuff and I'll, I'll throw it down on a piece of paper and get the high school diploma if I need to. I don't need to go through the extra four years of 9, 10, 11 and grade 9, 10, 11 and 12. Um, but again, realize is that going to create resentment for against your parents? Because in the long term, that resentment is going to be a lot worse than if you just have the difficult conversation up front. So yeah, that's my, that's my kind of stance on it is you got to figure out, do you have supportive parents or do you have parents that are kind of expecting this from you? And if they expect it from you, are you comfortable getting it done? Or do you think that's going to create resentment? Cause you can never get these years back of your life. I can never get the years from age 13 to 18 back. I can never get yeah. those back, but I can always go back and get a high school diploma. I can always go back and yeah, get totally. a university yeah. degree. I can always go back and get that job that my parents wanted me to get. So you're trying, life is long, life is long. You're more concerned about um, whether or not you're doing it, you're doing it intentionally or are you doing it because of some type of external factor yeah. that might be pressuring you? I'm, exactly, I'm a firm believer of be selfish with things like that. Yeah. Be selfish because it's your life and your happiness needs to be put above everything else. Because if you're not happy, if you're not good, you're not gonna be able to do it for anybody else. You're not gonna be able to help others. You're not gonna be able to do anything else. And yeah, and you also just don't wanna live with regret. Oh, regret, is, regret is the absolute worst thing. Yeah, absolutely. and, and I'm sure thing. we don't even know the half of it. We're, we're so young. I can't absolutely. imagine someone that's 60, 70, 80 that, that really you know had that grand ambition when they were 20 and just totally didn't do it um, I think we all have a certain level of regret yep. uh, for some things you know maybe the ways that we've acted in the past or yep. um, whatever that might be but I think you're right that's really cool yeah so so really you just want to you want everyone to know that look really take a grand evaluation of what you're doing you know take of your take situation that inventory of is this Absolutely. what you you really want yeah. or are you feeling pressure from someone else i think that's really cool are you doing it for you or are you doing it to please somebody else is the is the big thing absolutely and this is a very passionate subject for me so i could talk for hours but I'll, i yes. mean i'll elaborate so i gotta cut you off yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> i mean i'll elaborate more on this in future episodes but yeah the the educational uh, topic and what kids are doing in school is very one that's very dear to me um, just because of my personal journey and my growth with it so cool man yeah that's awesome uh, third and last question for David if you could talk to your past self from five years ago what advice would you give yourself oh that one's easy I would just say look you're gonna be good just follow follow your intuition and do um, continue down the path that you're going down um, Continue to be serious, uh, continue to research things that interest you. Um, but one thing I can remember is it would have been amazing if somebody came five years ago and told me that, look, you made the right decision dropping out of high school. You're going to be okay. You're right. going to... Just it, for that little bit there of self-assurance. Because I, I will tell you right now, I mean, I have no problem saying, but yeah, there was that little bit in the back of my mind, whether it was from my, from my, uh, from my dad and my grandparents that didn't kind of approve of the whole high school thing but also just the overall fear of you know you're grown up thinking high school and university is the way out so right, right. if somebody had come back and told me look you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay the fact that you dropped out is not bad it's actually the best thing that you did it's the best thing that you could have done for yourself so somebody uh if i was able to go back and tell myself that 
that would be what I would tell myself because it would just completely eradicate that little bit of doubt I had in the back of my mind of whether I was making the right choice or not. Right. Yeah. Cool, man. That's an awesome yeah. answer. I like that a lot. All right. Um, All right. My turn. Fire yes. away. Fire away. All right. So um, my first thing is really I want to elaborate a little bit on your uh, you your big advocate of plant-based. I want to hear a little bit more about your journey with that, why you made that choice, and your experience so far with how it's been going. Cool, cool. Okay, well, how long have you been plant based for? Start oh, with that. That's that's a well, it's not too complicated, but um, I, I actually went vegetarian when I was in grade, I believe I was in grade eleven. So this was in two thousand and nine. Okay. So I had come across a documentary. Uh, called earthlings and oh yeah <laughs> it, it, a <laughs> lot of a people one. that have become vegan or have become because of uh, that. vegetarian that one hit me right at my core <laughs> yeah, um, freaks you out <laughs> it, yeah the factory farming system is is disgusting despicable and it's, honestly it, it can't be justified on any type of human level or any type of economic level i i've always been a believer that if you're going to make your money do it honestly and i don't believe Absolutely. they are making their money honestly and and that's huge it's all encompassing the governments are involved in that uh, there, there's a lot of larger aspects of me that that I, really i was just mad and I, it was almost a rebellion at that point yeah um so i was like no no i'm not gonna eat meat um i that at that time i didn't understand about the, the dairy system uh, the egg system um and how that really affected things so in short i went vegetarian and I actually started mixed martial arts at around the same time. So I was sitting, um, you know, I was, I was, I'm about five nine, and I think I had grown to my highest height at that point. But yeah. I always carried a little bit of weight around the middle, so I was about 170 pounds at that point. Okay. So um, I did a, played a lot of hockey, played a lot of soccer. I was, I was maybe slightly um, bigger. I wasn't a thin dude, but yeah. I wasn't. I was, I was in shape for lack of a better terms. Yeah. Um, but pretty much within, I think, six months of training and eating this way, just cutting out the, the meat from my diet, I lost about 15 to 20 pounds. Wow. And I was still stronger than ever because wow. I was training and I was working out and going for runs and I had more energy. I was sleeping better. Um, everything was changing around me. So at that point it was like, well, why do I stop? Like, what would be the reason for stopping? Um, I delved a little bit into cutting dairy and eggs, mostly when I started living on my own because dairy is expensive. And I was just like, ah, maybe I'll try this whole vegan thing and see. I was kind of fascinated by it, actually. It did make me feel quite good okay. um, at that time. So um, all throughout my experience of cooking at restaurants, I cooked for, for Earl's, I cooked for uh, Panago, I cooked for small smaller restaurant chains, the $5 a plate warehouse in Vancouver. I cooked for them for a little while. Yep. Um, I was vegetarian for that entire stint pretty much. Wow. Um, I stopped eating meat or I started eating meat again in 2014. Okay. Um, I felt like at that time I was starting to think that I might maybe wanted to get my Red Seal certification in cooking. Really? Um, I was a very, I'm a very skilled cook because I'm, I was very efficient. Yeah. Um, it's something that came from martial arts. It also came from my experience with, with Panago and with the burrito shop that I worked mm -hmm. at on the farm. Um, it's all efficiency minded, right? So it's, it's how do I make this motion? How do I make this food the same quality, but reduce the time that it takes to do that every single time? So Very I would nice. put myself against the next person and I'd be like, okay, now I just got to do it a little bit faster. Now I got to do it a little bit faster. So I moved through the ranks fairly quickly, started 
uh, leading a little bit, even within Earl's, you know, showing people on the stations behind me. I really like to um, to take on that leadership role. And I was finding that, look, I, I may actually have a future in this. I had a couple of yeah. really crappy head chefs, but I had a couple of really good ones that were very supportive of me. Um, so at that time, it was it was that kind of moral dilemma where it's like, okay, I want to do this for me. I have to be selfish on some level, but what is a Red Seal chef that where the tests are predicated on cooking steaks and cooking pork chops and cooking all these so all true. these meat-based dishes, uh, but I can't taste the food. Right. So where's the sense in that? And where so is that going to work? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And are I was in... Of, are there a lot of like vegan cooks that cook with meat and things there, like that that you know of? There, there are, but usually you have to put in your time. They end up just being cooks and then they'll find funding. It seems like they'll find funding from someone else and then just start their own restaurant. So they'll be completely vegan chefs, but they were never, there's hardly any vegan, from my experience anyway, vegans that are cooks in these meat-based restaurants. It's very tough to do so. It is because so. you need to get the quality of the food and the best way to do that is obviously to taste it. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, okay. And and I was with a, a partner at the time that really did not embrace that. She yeah. She kind of thought it was silly, and that's fine. It's it, to each his own, I understand. But I kind of caved to this whole, oh, maybe I'll start eating meat again. I started eating meat again. I gained a bunch of weight back. I think I fluctuated from probably 155 pounds, 160 at my fighting weight. I was competing at the time. I fluctuated within two years to almost 190 pounds. Wow. And I just could not keep the meat eating in moderation at all. I knew deep down that that was probably the source of my issue. Um, everyone's bodies are different, but mine does not respond well to meat or to dairy or to eggs, apparently. And it's interesting you actually say that um, because one of the things we learned in holistic nutrition school is uh, eating per body type, basically. Everybody has a nutritional type, whether yep. you're a carb type, a protein type, yep. or a mixed type. For me, I feel I'm more on the mixed type. I can eat carbs or protein and it won't affect my right. weight. But there's, for example, my um, my one of my teachers was a vegetarian but she was a meat type a protein type right so she had to eat little bits of meat or she would gain weight it sounds right. like in your aspect you're more of a veggie carb type right yeah so yeah. you need to eat more of those vegetarian plant-based foods uh to actually hold a more normal weight rather than when you totally eat meat. and and i didn't really realize that at the time that maybe this i didn't know for sure that that was the source but yeah. you know i eventually um it wasn't because of this relationship, but I got out of this relationship and, and I was like, you know, I just, the, the weight kept on and I was like, no, I was all foggy and I wasn't sleeping good and just, you know, stressed out to the max. And, and I was now like, you're single. So you have to look like re way better than <laughs> Well, I'm not normal, single right? now, but. <laughs> well, now you were, totally, you were after the time. that, right? So I was like, I was like, you know what? I had a lot of success on that vegetarian diet. Yep. It worked really well for my body. Um, and then I'd seen a couple of documentaries on Netflix that really advocated for the plant base. So like cutting out more of the eggs and the dairy. And I was like, you know what? Let me give this a try. I know how to cook well. Um, I know about flavor. I know how to season things. Why am I relying? I don't need to rely on butter to flavor my food. It's not necessary. So I gave it a try. Sure enough, I went from about 185 pounds to 170, probably within six weeks. It was so immediate for me. And it was so clear, like I was sleeping better. Um, I had an injury in my wrist at the time. It plagued me for about a year and a half. And it was called, I think it's called tenosynovitis. And it's like the, the sister or the cousin of tendonitis. And it's an inflammation-based problem 
Uh, it's like the encasing around your nerves in your wrist. And it wow. was a problem in jiu-jitsu because it's so much grip strength. Yep. So it's like this motion here was very strained and it hurt so bad. Like I could hardly, it felt like something was tugging and it would be this Yikes. sharp, sharp pain. And I did um, physio. I probably spent you know hundreds of dollars on physio. I, I had um, the cortisone shots because it was inflammation based. That was actually supposed to be a solution. Whereas cortisone usually is just a band aid. Yep. For this, it was supposed to help. Cortisone would help for about six months. It would come right back. Within about three months of this diet, due to the anti-inflammatory nature of it, True. my injury is gone. I have not wow. had a problem with it since. It's not, I, I don't have any problem with this wrist that used to plague me so hard. I, no matter what I did, I couldn't get rid of it. So it helped me. It's better for my mind. I feel like I'm a lot healthier. So even when I go on vacations, um, as long as I stick to a largely plant-based diet, and I want to reiterate for the, 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 the crowd here that I'm not vegan. I am... I call myself more plant-based. I believe yep. vegan is a stigmatized word. I don't feel like it's going mainstream yet. I think it's close. But um, for me, it was mostly to do with the health and the success that I had on it. Uh, I'm not a judgmental person. I really don't care if you eat meat. Yep. Um, if anyone wants to come and talk to me about a plant-based diet, I'm happy to talk about it. But it, I just had such a huge success on it, and I do believe in it on on both uh, a humanistic and, and also a – environmental level as well as the health level because I've felt it for myself. I've done low carb diets. I did ketogenic diet. Uh, it made me miserable. So maybe that works for some people, but it made me absolutely miserable. I was, was paranoid. I was anxious all the time because I just wanted to eat carbs. I just want, now I can eat as many carbs as I freaking want. And I was losing weight. I was eating wow. all the carbs in the world. Like I could not eat enough food That's and awesome. I was still losing weight. So for me, that was very telling and I've never been more healthy. My color came back, my acne reduced, um, better recovery between workouts. And there's a lot of NFL players, NBA players that are taking this, this plant-based stance that have really found a huge amount of success. They're cutting their body weight. They're maintaining their weight better over the off season and it's working very well. So I'm, I am very passionate on a certain level and I think there's a huge incoming market for that. Uh, vegan is becoming uh, a bigger and bigger thing, but just I like accepted. to call it plant-based, just because my diet is probably ninety-five percent plant-based. I will, you know, eat, uh, drink some milk. No, I don't drink milk, but like you know, milk products yep. in there. If there's cheese on something, and I'm at a conference, it's very hard to to do that. So I don't take a, the strict hard line, which. I mean, some people don't like, but I really don't care. Um, it's the way that I choose to do it, and um, it works well for me. I think and a lot of people can resonate with that too. Yeah, I'm really yeah. Happy. You don't need to be yeah. judgmental towards other people. It's it's Absolutely. not part of the solution. I, I can't stand you hear vegans and they go, oh, "Oh, well, how dare you eat this? You're not a vegan." And it's like, well, then I don't care. Then I'm not a vegan. <laughs> and I'm Call me what you want. That's Call awesome. me what you want. It's all good. So, but yeah, I'm very I'm very happy on this diet. I, I find a lot of success with it. I've been talking to a lot of people about it because it's ha I've had success. Like, why not? Why not share your knowledge? So, Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And like I said, another thing I'm really, uh, really happy hearing is the, uh, the aspect of, look, you're, you're not condemning other people for making those choices. You're not so picky. You're, you're strictly, you're doing it because it makes you feel better. And I think that's the biggest thing is find the right diet, find the right way of eating for you. For every Dude, yeah. every person individually should find the right way for them to eat is because everybody's got a different body. I know people that do extremely well on keto. For you, carbs and plant based is better. Um, yeah. For me, I can eat whatever I want and I will not put on weight. Like the entire time I'm sitting there listening to you being like, 
yeah, no, I got down to a, a nice healthy weight, 170, and I'm sitting here think like just getting yeah. angry with myself because for those of you that aren't watching and are actually listening, I am 125 pounds soaking wet and almost 5'10". <laughs> I am one of the skinniest people you'll see, and I don't yeah. know how to put on more weight. <laughs> I well, eat it's all individual, a lot of right? food. <laughs> and you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No. I am a potato chip fiend. Anyone who knows me well <laughs> knows that I have an absolute affinity for potatoes, yeah. whether it be fried potatoes, baked potatoes, does not matter. Um, no. I love potato chips, yeah. things of that nature. Um, I'm more of like the salty uh fat fattening snacks type nice. person so as long as i got chips in my life i don't really care about the meat it's easy but no i'm not on my soapbox i really don't care but awesome, for anyone man. who does want to know more i'm, I'm happy to always chat yeah. about it so no, yeah that's awesome well it's great that you found one that uh kind of works for you totally so uh next one we're kind of gonna delve into the uh i want to delve into sports a little bit with you uh so the one thing i did learn from talking to shelby a little bit more is that he is very passionate about sports and i want to hear uh What's your favorite sport? What kind of sports are you watching right now? What's your favorite teams, et cetera, right? So talk to me about where you're at with sports. Well, my number one sport is definitely jiu-jitsu. I mean, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. After jiu soccer, right? I, uh, the best sport in the world? Yeah, yeah I played a little <laughs> bit of soccer. That, that's you, buddy, though. Um, yeah. Um, jiu-jitsu, and most people don't think of it as a sport. It, it absolutely is becoming a sport. Absolutely. Um, I think it is a sport. There's tons of tournaments. There's actually organizations now where the you can go to these grappling tournaments and actually make money so uh, for those that don't know brazilian jiu-jitsu is not like karate or taekwondo nothing against karate or taekwondo they're they they have their applications but um brazilian jiu-jitsu is more of a combat sport it is live grappling so it's using uh, submission holds and joint locks to subdue your opponents and you have to get there using uh, technique and leverage over strength and that's where i really respected it so for me me being 100 and you know, about 160, 165 pounds right now, um, with the proper technique, I can very easily um, subdue an opponent that's 250 pounds um, using technique. So that's what I really love about it. So I can take you down, basically. As long as you knew the techniques and you knew the leverage, absolutely you could. There's even in your fat days, like when oh, you were oh, like totally, 190, yeah. especially in my fat days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally, man. And that's I, I really love the sport, and I've, I'll always be part of it. it. I will be rolling. We call it rolling. It's like live sparring. I'll be rolling until the day that I die. Awesome. I just absolutely love it. It's been great for me. It's been great for uh, my little brother. Um, He's not as active in it as he used to be, but he was fantastic at it, and you know he loves it. We all love it. It's it's addicting. It's extremely addicting. So anyone who hasn't tried it, do it. Um, aside from that, though, I am a big basketball fan. I played a lot of basketball when I was a kid. Uh, when my mom got remarried, uh, we we moved in with with Ben, and essentially he had this this basketball hoop and I used to spend hours and hours and hours and I've definitely lost my touch over several years of being inactive like I'm not I wouldn't call myself a good basketball player by any means but um, I played endless hours I used to pretend I was Kobe and Shaq and I would draw <laughs> out in chalk the three-point lines and the, the foul wow. lines and awesome. and shoot so I am a big NBA fan this year I, I actually have been very inactive for the last probably I'd say seven to eight years. I haven't really paid attention, but this year I'm like, no, like I love basketball. I got to start watching again. So I bought the NBA league pass. I got some cable and awesome. made sure that I, you know, I love watching it and it's fun. I can work. I can, um, I can educate myself while I watch the and games have it running and, in the background. Absolutely. Exactly. So I am, I am a big Raptors fan. I'm also a big Houston Rockets fan. Um, 
Nice. I absolutely love those teams. Uh, I like watching hockey. I tend to really stick to the World Juniors or playoff hockey. Um, I played a lot of hockey when I was a kid. So, yeah, there's a lot of, like, almost hockey is in my blood. The, the rinks really bring me back to a different place. It's very nostalgic for me walking yeah. into, like, the Civic Arena in Vernon here or or the Lumbee Memorial Arena there, uh, the Pat Duke, and, and that's really fun for me. So, yeah, and I do respect other sports. Like, you're a big soccer fan, <laughs> and I know I, you know, talk a lot of crap just for fun. You know, <laughs> oh, my shins hurt and all that. But I do respect it on, on all levels. I think all sports have something to Absolutely. offer Couldn't agree people, more. So. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, totally. Would you call yourself a competitive person? You know what? I struggle with that because I am competitive. Like, I... Because I, I know my potential. I know if I put my mind to something, put me against someone else, and I will do my absolute best to be better than them. I do believe I can be better than them in pretty much every aspect of life. However, um, I don't like to be competitive to the point of driving myself crazy because I don't believe my identity should be based on competitiveness. I think it should be based on collaboration. So I think competitiveness and collaboration sometimes are, are hard to do in in um, in unison. So yeah, I'm competitive to a certain level, but if someone's like being overly competitive with me, I just withdraw. Like you can take, take the throne, man. I don't care. Okay. Um, it's not, not too important to me. And I, I know you see it slightly <laughs> differently, which is great. That's one of the main differences between us that I love. Right. Um, is that difference? So, yeah. well, I do, I do like, I do like what you're saying because it's like, you know, the weird thing about me that you will point out, and I'm happy you did actually is yes, I'm an extremely competitive person. I was that, yeah. I was that kid in gym class in elementary school that treated everything like the Olympics. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was that kid that people did not like because <laughs> I took everything way too seriously and I would go as far as like, you know, when I was like eight or nine, I would cry when we lost soccer games and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> oh, I've know. had that too. You know, certain NBA finals so or passionate NHL finals. Or like oh that. man. So yeah, Just no, days I mean, ruined. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that's in to that point. But my competitiveness, I really do believe in collaboration the same way. Totally, I believe in the way of I'm competitive because I want to be the best yeah. and I want to win. Um, but I don't want to do it at anybody's expense. Good call. And Good call. The other thing is I don't I want to beat people when they're at their best. I don't want to beat somebody because you want to break them down. I, I don't want to break them down, say something that throws them off their game or whatever. I want to beat somebody at their best. And that's the most satisfying thing is knowing you beat somebody because you earned it. Yep. Um, and cool, yeah, man. so that's that's, cool. that's kind of how I see it. But yes, I'm aggressively competitive. <laughs> the differences. Yes. The differences. Yeah. That's cool, man. Definitely. Um, yeah. And then Third one question. more. Yeah. One more question. So if you had a do over. And anything that you've done in the past i know like we've talked about we're still fairly young but you know we've all made mistakes if you had a do-over would you change anything you know what i would and i wouldn't i wouldn't say this is a regret um i just would have worked harder in school not because i saw myself in those fields um i for those that don't know i spent a year and a half in university going to to university for political science and I was very deeply involved in anything political. I was so outspoken to the point of being annoying. Um, it was very, it was a very interesting time in my life. Most people know me uh, from that, those types of things. I'm sure I have a lot of um, previously friends on Facebook that just could not stand me that have either unfollowed me or unfriended me and I totally respect that. Um, it's just I was so deeply involved in it that um, I couldn't see what school was doing for me at that point. And I think what I would have changed was not 
because I, I was doing a lot of education on the side. I was learning things through through the internet and through different textbooks I would get from the library or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would have worked harder for my own character development. Um, I don't think hard work, it, it's it's not just, you know, doing taking those little steps to study every day, to, to do your homework. It's not just there um, to get to your end goal of getting the degree or whatever it is that you're striving for. I think it develops character on a Absolutely. day-to-day basis. And I think I lost out maybe, and that is including high school. I, I lost out on a few years of character development by taking that apathetic view and okay. it's not a regret i'm happy with who i am and I, I believe i have a lot to offer the world i know i have a lot to offer the world um and my family and my partner i, I do have a lot to offer and i i believe in myself on a very deep level however it just would have been good to have a bit more character development you know like if i could have gone back it would have been yeah on a day-to-day basis what can i do today what can i do today instead of being like eh, i know i'm gonna get these grades C's get degrees. I, you know, it's just yeah. like at that time I had, I totally took on that attitude. And yeah. even if I did get a B or an A in class, I could have maybe got a B plus or an A plus. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, not a regret, but yeah, if I could have done something differently, of course, why not? All righty. So, uh, before we wrap up this episode, uh, we want to introduce you guys to all of our content production team. Um, because we've got a really great group of guys helping us out with everything. So we're going to totally. do a quick little blurb on on them and and uh, their background and, and what they're doing for us as well. Yeah, we can't really do what we're doing here without them, and we definitely appreciate them being part of the larger vision. That was probably our only, for, for those that are listening, that was probably our only criteria, our main criteria was less about the experience because we all want to learn together. It's more, do you believe in our, our fundamental vision, yeah. vision of this, and, and do you guys do they want to be part of this? And yeah. it's clear that every single one of them wants to be part of this and we're super stoked to have them on. So All totally, right. yeah, let's bring them in. So first off, we've got Kiefer Campney. He's our, our head of content. So come on in, man. Come on in, right. Kiefer. Where am I sitting, right here? Yeah, yeah. perfect. All right, man, so first thing, just tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, so I am an audio engineering student from the Okanagan College over in Kelowna just outside of Vernon here, and i um, yeah. uh, big fan of podcasts. I run one myself, uh, love working in film and audio. I've always wanted to do all my life, done broadcast television, stuff like that, so um, it's really interesting coming on the team here and working with uh, these guys, Shelby and David, great. You, you're taking some schooling right now, correct? Yeah, so I'm doing um, a one-year intensive course for audio engineering and music production. Um, awesome. So that's just like September all the way through until May. And we're learning about all the ins and outs of live sound, you know, post-production recording and uh, all different know-hows for equipment and techniques and stuff. So it's great. Yeah, it's really helped me uh, with helping work with these guys on the production team here, uh, getting stuff set up and lots of problem solving so far. But it's been really great. Totally. Yeah, we've had our uh, fair shares of ups and downs already. Um, Outside of producing and and this content stuff that you're going to be doing for us and that you do you know, in your own, in your own life, uh, what are you interested in? What is, what are some other hobbies? Like who, who is Kiefer and, and tell us a bit more about yourself outside of this realm. All right. Well, pretty much I've done, uh, something that everyone told me not to do, but I did it anyway, which is make your hobbies, your careers. Cause I love film <laughs> and I love music. Love that. So, uh, I play bass. I played in a metal band. I've played in like a cover band. So I, awesome. I play a lot of bass. I play guitar too. 
so that got me into audio and stuff and uh, before that when i was a kid I used to shoot uh videos on my mom's uh camcorder that shot on tape actually so that's like <laughs> no way, way back when so <laughs> that's awesome we did that and that uh kind of just continued as a passion so i've worked on youtube i've worked on like platforms like twitch as well with live streaming and then i've worked on um making music and stuff so uh that's what i do in my spare time other than that i've played hockey rugby i like watching like movies i like watching hockey uh don't bully me but i like the toronto maple leafs <laughs> and uh yeah so that's pretty much me that's awesome, man. Uh, why are you excited to work with the Small Town Wealth podcast with um, us? Like I said, I already worked on a podcast myself, and I really like the format. I like working on it. And um, also, I really believe that this idea for Small Town Wealth is uh, something that could be really successful, and I really want to watch it grow and help grow it. Um, also, I really like the opportunity to be able to meet with a lot of um, small businesses and uh, entrepreneurs around where I live, which is really nice, like make connections and Get to see all the ins and outs of business here. Totally, man. Yeah, you can grow with us. Yeah. You grow your own business at the same time. That's the cool part about this. Me and David, we want you guys to grow your own stuff as well. It's it's going to be super fun. So yeah. thanks Can't for wait. coming on, man. Thanks awesome. for having me. Thank you. Cool. Up next is uh, Clinton Barton. He's our audio engineer for the podcast. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Good, man. Good. For those that uh, don't know, Clinton and I go way back. We used to play hockey together out in Lumbee. I was we, the better one for sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. totally. So we, we played hockey together for a lot of years, and we met again in Vancouver. Um, I think I was back home for Christmas one time, and I ran into your your parents in a, in a grocery store, right, and, right. and I was, Randy was talking to me, and he's like, you know, Clinton's down in Vancouver, right? And I was like, no way. So we ended up, you know, I think I texted you or something like that. And yeah, we ended yeah. up meeting up and sure enough, we became best buds pretty quick. So it was fun. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself, man. Uh, so I studied sound design at the Vancouver Film School. Um, that basically covered every aspect of sound in film, Foley art, and then mixing, the sound effects, editing. <clears throat> yep. um, yeah, all that jazz. Um, it was a year intensive course. I, I learned a lot, but uh, yeah, I haven't been doing a lot of audio stuff lately. So I'm really excited to get in and, and help you guys out with uh, the Small Town Wealth Podcast. That's awesome, man. It's awesome. Outside of producing, what are you interested in? Um, I picked up golfing this summer. I'm trying to get that down. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like uh, a true hockey player. Yeah, off season right. stuff. Off season <laughs> golf, yeah. Um, I like to get out. I like to do a lot of outdoor stuff uh, in the summer, but I also. I'm a TV junkie. I like reality TV shows. Okay. Um, yeah, I always I make fun of Shelby him for that. Shelby makes fun of me for that a lot. Um, I'm a big, big brother <laughs> fan. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's that's me, yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, why are you excited to work with us on the Small Town Wealth podcast? What about this podcast really made you tick? That, you know, that, that moment in your head where you went, this is a cool idea. I want to be part of this, not only for what you can bring to it, but also, you know, what it is as a concept. Well, I, I absolutely love podcasting as a platform. Um, you actually kind of introduced me uh, to a lot of guys like Gary Vee, Rich Roll, and I think it's uh, there's a huge market for it right now. And I think it's, um, I was really happy when you came up in, with the idea. Jeez, um, sorry. No, keep going. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's just me very interesting to meet local people from the Okanagan. I like that you're, you're keeping it close to home. Totally. And uh, yeah, just working with those people and, and getting to know a lot of them. Yeah. 
Totally, man. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you on. Um, thank you very much for being a part of this vision with us, and, and we're stoked, man. So, yes, we'll, all, we'll again, we'll all grow together. And, yeah. All right. Thanks, Clinton. Um, last but not last least. Last but not least, uh, Bryden Wutzke. So, Bryden is our video producer, and we will bring him in. Hello. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Awesome, man. Tell yeah. us a bit about yourself. <laughs> um, uh, well, I've kind of been in Vernon for a bit, and I've really kind of noticed that, like, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of potential here, which is kind of why I want to be here. And I really got interested in film and uh, actually going to digital film in uh, Center okay. of Arts and Technology in Kelowna. Okay, great. Like a one-year uh, course kind of thing? One year and a half. Oh, great. Like, Full-time going through the summer gonna be kind of rough going through the summer but it'll be worth it it's, it's worth it yeah. worth it yeah for sure that's cool man um and you are fresh out of high school correct yeah you're I, coming coming at this job market just nice and nice and quick eh? yeah i with uh with film i know that um it's all about getting contacts and starting i early. just just needed to get myself out there that's which awesome. is why like i'm really looking forward to this because i one, it gets me out there. It gets me uh, get get some experience, yeah. and also I just really agree with what you guys are doing. It's cool, man. Uh, outside of producing, what are your, you know the the whole the whole small town wealth or or the video and content producing aspect? What are you interested in? You know, who's Bryden? Um, very much, uh, very much a gamer. Okay, I play a lot of games. What kind of games? Um, right now it's just Overwatch. Okay. And uh, Rainbow Six Siege, so very first-person shooter team aspect games. Cool man. Um, also very much like to uh, watch movies a lot. I try to like watch at least one movie a week. It's awesome. It's a little Any rough favorites? with school. Uh, my favorite kind of changes time to time, but right now, <laughs> recently, it's been Baby Driver, okay. which is a really recent movie. Um, I think I'm gonna run to watching that. I haven't it's watched a, it either. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's good. Well, good thing we got a movie watcher on the team. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, <laughs> totally. So why are you excited for the Small Town Wealth podcast? What What are you hoping to bring to the table for, for I mean, it's not for us. It's for, for everyone, for this whole town. So, like, what what did you get most excited about when you first heard about it? And, and what are you excited about moving forward? Uh, kind of already touched this up a little bit. Yeah. But it's mainly just, like, get my name out there yeah you know that's really big and you guys are totally for that which i'm really like happy for because yep. usually people are just like oh it's just just the just the faces that are what's uh what's actually doing it but you guys are like no you guys are doing all the work you get yep. your names out there and totally. also you guys are doing the whole back end of this right yeah and that's that's extremely important yeah and you're totally you're allowing us to promote ourselves which is like great because um also do some other stuff like some YouTube videos, just kind of a hobby. But um, what was I gonna say? Also, very much agree with like Vernon. There's a lot to it, and like I've invited some friends from Kelowna to like, hey, come to Vernon, and they're like, no, there's not much there. Like, <laughs> yeah, but there's that's things. the classic response. There's not much there. Not much there. There's, there's tons here. There's there's tons. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Vernon isn't as big as it should be seen by the public yeah so i kind of want to just like help push that up a little bit and uh, get it to be seen definitely man mm -hmm. that's awesome 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're Thanks. stoked to have you a part of it as well. So, so that's our team. Yeah, so that's our team. Uh, head of content is Kiefer Campney. Our audio engineer is Clinton Barton. And our video producer is Bryden Watsky. We're stoked to have these three guys with us. Um, they're going to be part of something big here. And, and we genuinely believe we've got a successful team to work off here. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we want to thank uh, thank everybody for watching, and we are super, super dedicated to providing you guys phenomenal, phenomenal content yeah. on here. We're going to bring you some really, really cool uh, guests. we got a lot of great this people lined up. centered Yeah. And uh, we'd love to We'll start creating a community and things like that on Facebook groups, and we'd love to start hearing feedback and comments and, you know, leave us reviews on, on the podcast. Let us know your thoughts uh, so that we can... Uh, continue to, to make it better and, and keep providing you guys some really, really valuable content and share some great stories. Totally, man. Yeah, this is going to be a fun journey. I mean, this is this is new to all of us, like really delving into something that we, we genuinely believe can be successful. Me and David, I think I speak again for both of us. We don't do anything to be average and I don't want this to be anything but. And I think we've got three guys to help us both with this that really understand that vision that yeah we're not you know necessarily podcast professionals yet but we're going to get there and really our focus is producing a good podcast so that it just gives people a really good avenue to to get content in their heads absolutely um so passive right so i yeah, mean it's like you yeah. know you can afford to to walk your dog like for me i podcast i listen to podcasts when i walk my dog a lot or when you're yeah. commuting if you like you guys commute to school or whatever it is commuting to work um you know it's great to just have something running in the background uh, sometimes maybe that isn't music that you want something educational or something yeah. interactive and yeah. that's what we're really trying to do with this is uh bring you guys something really entertaining yeah, and that's why it's guest-centered, because we don't have all the answers. I mean, we did the pilot episode, and we're asking each other questions, but that's really just so you as a listener can can kind of get an idea of, of what this is. You know, we're, we're, just, we're just two men doing our thing, and we just we want to get everyone a part of this. We want to show that small towns do have wealth, and not just wealth in terms of the financial aspects of life, but um, the holistic aspects of life, the spiritual, as spiritual aspects, the... Uh, community aspects um, there's a whole wide range of the ways that you could determine what wealth is and that's always so personal and we yeah. just we want it to become so personal that you take this journey with us this is a huge journey that we're undertaking on we're doing this long term and and I'm more than excited so let's 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 do it let's bring them some content and bring them lots of value and and selflessness first right let's do it man okay Awesome. Thank all right. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode where we bring our first guest. Absolutely.